up, everybody? This is the Brokenness to Faith podcast here with your boy, Marky Mark, Uncle Monkey, Mark Edward Bradtrude. I've known you since you were this tall, and hey, you. And I'm also here with... Noah. Yeah, it just goes by Noah. It's not cool enough to have other nicknames. Um, today, we're going to be going through a topic, but we're not going to tell you what that topic is yet. Because we got to let you know. Check us out on Instagram, brokenness underscore two underscore faith. Email us at brokenness to faith at gmail.com. Let us know how you think we're doing. If you want a certain topic to be talked about, or maybe you have your opinion on something and you want to hear our opinion on it. Well, I'll let you know now that we're right and you're wrong. <laughs> Specific, More specifically, I'm right. Noah's wrong. Yeah. But um, anything you want us to talk about, hit us up Instagram, Gmail, all that good stuff. Today we got a topic for you guys, and it is how to get. Oh, I'm sorry, I thought you were gonna go right into it. How to get through the storm. <laughs> okay, I'm just kidding. How to get through the storm. Um, and and it's a serious. So he's not. He, he said it loudly. <laughs> how to get through the storm. You your, 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 <laughs> but your, but your seriously, joke there. Your little joke with the, the my jokes are not little. <laughs> What's this, little? Is your faith in this podcast episode that we're doing? Well, because you're laughing it. about it. They can't see it, so doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, I'll go ahead and kind of intro a little bit because where I got the idea from. Um, do you ever watch Mark those shows like Cops or? I only watch um, Christian TV shows, okay. Veggie Tales, Bible Man, <laughs> Superbook. Super. Um, wow. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I'm not done yet. McGee and Me. Wow. Uh, no, okay, no. Uh, Get you deep on that one. <laughs> yeah, I, it's my childhood, man. Uh, no, um, I have seen cops. Okay, here and there. So you're familiar with the the concept. There's this one show I was watching because, like, I love those types of shows. You know, where they like the real life type things where they follow cops or paramedics, firefighters, all that stuff. Things you'll never do. Yeah, stuff I can't do. You'll be in the cop car. You just won't be the cop. <laughs> but I can live that life in the cop car by watching the show. Yeah. Or being the guy in the back of the cop yeah. car. <laughs> and there was this one show I found on YouTube that's similar concept, but what they did was they went into like trauma rooms at hospitals. Wait, is it really a show if it's just on YouTube? Certainly, show they had seasons, so. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> they have seasons episodes, but. It they... wasn't the one we saw at my house after the Super Bowl? No. This was like, I don't know, it was on like British TV or something, so I don't think we get it. Here. So you watched, okay. This, all right. I'm just gonna let's get to a point. So they they had the emergency room, right? And they follow like people who come in who were picked up by ambulances, brought into the hospital. And this was somewhere in the UK. And they had this one guy come in, and he had like this big cut on the top of his head, like all the way down, like a mohawk, pretty much. But his head was like completely cut open. Oh, that's gross. And he had like a broken neck. He was really messed up. And apparently he was cutting a tree with a chainsaw and the branch broke and he fell to the ground and then got hit on the head by a branch that fell and he was really messed up he said broken spine his head was cut open and he's there in this trauma room waiting for some emergency surgeries and his wife comes in and they're talking for a little bit and she's like kind of assessing the damage and she's like you really got messed up and the guy in this like perfect british accent that i'm not gonna do you have to do it you have to you're gonna let us down all right let's try so the guy in this british accent just completely like as calm as could be right like he just says oh yeah i'm real buggered (laughs) 
And that was his response to his wife was just, yeah, I'm, I'm buggered. And something about that just really, like, it made me chuckle at first, but it's just, like, so odd because it's not something we, like, in America, I don't know, it's, just, it's weird to see a guy so calm with something so horrific, like, his head's cut open, broken neck, and like, yeah, I'm just, I'm real buggered. Um, which, if you don't know what that means, that just means he's messed up in English terms. Yeah, is that the PG version of messed <laughs> yeah. up? Well, that's just what it means in, okay. in British, British slang. And I just, that thought kind of stuck with me afterwards because, you know, the image here was just this man so calm despite how terrible the situation was to kind of make this very lighthearted comment about what was going on. And that's what kind of inspired me for this idea is how do we as Christians get through very tough times or as often we see in the Bible, the image of storms and things like that. And how do we get through those without losing our minds or going crazy or walking away from the faith or any of the other many number of things that could happen along that way. And I came up with basically two steps, and there's probably other things along the way, but two key steps to get through storms. It seems a lot easier than going to the 12th step. Yeah. Why don't we just go with your plan? (laughs) Well, yeah. yeah. You're you're probably right. Uh, The first step I think that's crucial is acknowledging that we're in a storm which sounds simple, but I think it's easy as humans to not really want to admit that we're going through hard times or even more importantly, not understand what those problems are. Well, or I see it as for some people, or a lot of people, maybe even everybody at some point, they can see in a sense that quote unquote storm in other people, but they can't see it in themselves. Right. You can see that couple and you can tell that guy, hey, this this girl, she's not good for you. Look, you can see it that she might be verbally abusive, or you can switch the roles and this and that. But that guy or that girl who's in that bad relationship might not notice it because they're they think they're in love, like every middle schooler, you know, they think they're in love, right? But but when it comes to yourself, sometimes you don't see things as much. Yeah, definitely. in that quote unquote storm, right? And I think that's, yeah, definitely a big issue is that, you know, the uh, plank in our eye type thing where it's easy to see stuff in other people's lives and then you're on your boat thrashing around in the seas and you think everything's fine, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's part of it is acknowledging it. But I think the other half of it is being able to understand what the problems are. Kind of in the same vein, but I think it's also easy to know that something's wrong but not really know how to handle it or not know what to do with it and kind of just wing it or just try to you know figure it out yourself without really knowing what the problem is because if we don't know what we're facing then we can't really fight it one the other thing is it's also what is the real root of the problem because right there's there's people in the secular world who don't believe in god would say this is what i need to do and and their idea might be i get drunk all the time so i just need to keep it contained Whereas Christians, who someone striving for God who might be an alcoholic, their solution to the storm might be, I need to just quit altogether. Right. Two different things. If you go to counseling, which I have gone for years, it's like you think, well, this is, these, this is what I'm going through, and this is the problem. And then the, the guy will be like, uh, shout out to Clint, doesn't do it anymore. My dude, my guy, he was, he, one time he told me, that's not really the problem. I'm like... No, like I like <laughs> I just told you what my problem is, what's going on right now. He's like, No, I heard you, but 
if you dig deep, and as I'm talking to you, it's really this, this, and that. And that's the reason you're going through this, you know. And so sometimes we think we know, we think we know the problem, but do we really? Right. Like your car breaks down and you're not a mechanic and you're like, oh, well, if I just put more gas in it, I'm sure it'll be fine. When it's the radi- it's the radiator, you know, you're, you're running out of cooler, all this stuff, but you take it to a friend who knows cars or a mechanic. Shout out to Greg Smith. You know, you, the, you know, <laughs> you take it someone knows what they're doing. They can pop the hood open and be like, "Dude, it's not that you need more gas." They can look at your tank, and be like, "Dude, it looks like you're you're half you're, you're half or you're full almost or whatever." It's not that. It's it's this. And if you sometimes you need to go to someone. In my opinion, when it comes to assessing, trying to figure out the storm, go to someone. You know, God, of course, but go to people. And, and they can better assess it for you if you can't see it in yourself. Right. It's funny, I had like the exact same thing happen to my car where my battery kept dying and the car wouldn't start. And so I kept replacing the battery over and over again. And it turns out one of the terminals that connects to the battery was bad the whole time. Yeah. And, you know, it's that idea. But it, the point stands, though, that, yeah, there are some times where we can say, well, obviously this is the problem. It's like, well, maybe there is something deeper, like your walk with God or some other issues that are causing that but you know need to be dealt with and if we're not able to kind of see the storm around us or properly assess it then we can't tell what those problems are yeah um which i guess begs the question well how do we do that right how do we know we're in the storm how do we properly assess it and i think for me and one of the biggest solutions for a lot of problems is just community you know having people around you who can hold you accountable who can you know be that extra lookout for you. I think, I mean, that's a solution, in my opinion, to a lot of problems we face as Christians is not having enough godly people around us. And pizza. And pizza, yes. Pizza yeah. solves a lot, too. Um, pizza in community. There you go. That's That should be um, every church's motto. Pizza in community. Pick. <laughs> what, what do you do at your church? I run the pick uh, ministry. Pizza in community. That's uh, hey, that's an Albert, idea. Matt. Let's make let's make this happen. Pick any of the elders listening. Yeah, there you go. Pick. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, but it's true though. I mean, you know, sometimes it is hard to see the problems ourselves, or maybe we see them, but we don't know how to face it or what the root of it is. And having somebody else you can lovingly say, "Hey, maybe you should look at this, or maybe you should try that," can do wonders to get us through these yeah. problems. I think the other thing. In assessing the storm is two things. Did you put yourself there? Mm. Or were these things that happened? Like, for instance, someone gets diagnosed with cancer. Two people get diagnosed with cancer. One person gets diagnosed with some form of cancer. And doctors, their their final assumption is it's because you've been smoking like two packs a day for the last 15 years of your life. Right. You, you, you can probably say it was other things, but that probably had a good role in doing it. Let's say you never smoked in your life. You were just as healthy as can be. Sometimes it's crazy. I don't. I try not to let it affect me. Those people who work out, they really eat healthy. They really take care of their temple, which is something as Christians we don't always do. We think, yeah, no drugs, no drinking. But then we scarf down, you know, five Big Macs and we eat, you know, pizza every day, which I'm not going <laughs> to lie. I don't like Big Macs, but... We, we overdo our food consumption and think, oh, that's not really a sin. And then by the age of 50, we have all these health complications. And then we're crying out to God when really we lived life like idiots when it came to our food plan. Right. I'm not saying you have to do some keto diet, keto diet, whatever. Keto. 
Yeah, too. Close enough. But yeah. <laughs> you can and, do the kettle diet, yeah. too. I hear that's good. Yeah, and, and you could do the, the pick diet. <laughs> the pick diet. You know, if, if, uh, you, could, you, could, you don't have to be super crazy in your diet, but there are people who eat healthy, do what they're supposed to do with their body, with their life in a Christ-like way, and somehow, someway, something happens and they get right. cancer. The storm, the, they didn't necessarily create that storm. You know, the per some some like the person who smoked every day and got cancer. They created that part of that storm. The other person didn't create that. But the other thing is, what are you gonna do? Are you gonna choose to stay in that storm? Right. Or are you gonna choose to figure it out through God? Now, cancer, it's not like, okay, I'm just gonna get out of the storm. I'm just gonna okay, I'm just gonna take the cancer. It it doesn't just always happen like that. But are you gonna change your mindset spiritually? Sometimes in that storm maybe it means physically mentally how you know people are some people go through sexual abuse some people go through physical abuse some people go through um, verbal abuse and that's the storm that they're in that kind of storm you can pull yourself out of that's where it comes into that's where it comes to what you were saying earlier you know the pick without the pi just the community <laughs> right you know you to have someone say hey i'm going through this you know or hey you know my girlfriend just She's just, or my wife, she's just been verbally abusive, or my husband's just been abusive, or whatever the case may be. And that's when you can have community around you. Now, if you have a crummy, crappy, freaking community, they're going to roll their eyes and be like, no, no, that person wouldn't do that, or she wouldn't be that pushy, or this and that. But if you are in a good community, they will happily hear you out, and they will be praying for you, and they will help you take the steps that you need and be there for you when you need it. Yeah. And I just want to reiterate before we move on that this step sounds simple, right? Like, how how would I not know that I'm in a storm? But like I said, I think it is just so easy to either not see it or see it and not fully understand what it is. Because if we try to fix anything in our life, for that matter, without fully knowing what it is we're up against, it's going to be hard, if not impossible, right? Especially when we're talking about spiritual things, things that aren't, you know, physical or you know tangible it's even harder to understand the full depths of it um and a lot of that just takes like i said community it takes you know being in the word it takes spiritual wisdom so i just i want to make sure that we understand that this is a very key part of it is recognizing the storm around us yeah you know and and like i was mentioning earlier it could be you who put yourself there it could be just life happened your your mom gotten an accident, a drunk driver right. hit her. These are stories that happen every day. And now you're facing this this heartache, this depression, this storm. You know, and that can be from one side, like, God, how could you allow this happen, blah, blah, blah. Then there's the other side where you put yourself through something and you're kind of just fed up with life and that's why you did some of these things. Right. But one thing I wanted to say before you go into the the next thing is, well, two things is, it's kind of like when you do 12 steps. One of the first things they tell you is you have to admit you, you have a problem. problem. Yeah. Now, this this when we're talking about going through a storm, I'm for this example, I'm talking about the side that you put yourself there. Right. You know, you dropped out of high school, you know, you were smuggling drugs or you were sleeping around or you were just shouting and doing stupid things at the police or <laughs> at the church or these, these stupid things right. and you were just being an idiot. And we've all been in a sense an idiot in different ways in our past. We've all done stupid things, and then you get older, and you're trying to get jobs, and you can barely get affordable living jobs because you don't have much of a, an education. Maybe you have some jail time, and there's still hope for you for sure. 
but you but you, the storm you're in is partially because of your past action. You started the whirlwind right. that kept it going. But the other thing I wanted to say is, you know, when things in life happen that you can't control, um, when I was thinking of this earlier with storms, um, there's some storms that are universal in the sense that if someone has cancer, every Wednesday night we do a prayer service, live stream prayer service. We keep it, um, people who come, they wear their masks, not a lot of people, but most people watch online during COVID and people send in prayer requests and We'll go up to the stage and they'll um, they'll say the prayer request. Someone might say so and so has you know has COVID or so and so is in the hospital because of they have this you know very bad heart disease or something. And everyone, even if you don't really know that person who who, who has that, you feel for them right away. Like that right. universally, in a sense, is a big storm. Right. But on the other flip side of things, there could be someone who's going through their college finals. Maybe their girlfriend just broke up with them. They're struggling. To, they don't think they're going to graduate. The stress, they're, they're this growing depression. To them, you might think that's not really a big storm. The person with COVID, that's a big storm. Yeah, it is. But to that person in their heart, to them, what they're going through is also big. Right. So the storm might, there's certain things about storms and things we're going that everyone would agree. Your mother died. Like, I don't really know you, but I'm so sorry to hear that. But that doesn't discount what someone else is going through in their life. They still feel for that other person for sure, but it doesn't discount, you know. Now, the other thing I want to get to with that is also, is that doesn't mean, though, if you're going through something, like, don't take it to heart so much that it starts eating you up. Like, yeah, cancer, COVID, that's a big deal. We should pray. But it comes back to the, the, the pick without the PI. It comes back to the community, like, they're there for you because there are people who have gone through so much that they end up committing suicide right. or they end up just driving away from their family because they felt like they're a failure because they let that storm get to them too much, right? right? It, it just, boom. But then on the flip side of things, think of someone who has some health issues and they might be really small, legitimately small. Oh, that's not a big deal. Like, oh, I forgot to brush my teeth this morning. No big deal. Oh, so, you know, I forget once in a while. And then... A year goes by, and you go to the dentist, and you have six cavities, and all this stuff happens. By the time you're 40, you have false teeth. Right. You, you, you know what, you know what I mean? It's like you were too careless with, with that issue. You, you said it wasn't a big deal. We shouldn't treat any any person, storm, especially our own, as like it's nothing. It's not a big deal. But we also shouldn't just take it to heart so much that it's like screwing yeah, with us. There's a balance, yeah. There are people who have health issues, so they don't get out much because of COVID. I understand that. But we cannot live a life that keeps all the doors closed, all the blinds down, the TV off, you know, and we just, I can't go anywhere. I have to take five showers a day, wash my hands. I have to do all these things. And we can't let COVID, in a sense, control our lives. Right. But we also can't walk around. And I'm saying this as a conservative who, who, I'm just keeping it real that I'm against some of these mandates our governor's put in place. But I'm also going to tell you, I don't think it's smart to walk around, no mask on, just doing whatever the heck you want to do. I need to get groceries, but I ain't going to wear no mask. Like, So you just want to be a viral video on social media, yelling at some <laughs> manager who really might even agree with you. They're just trying to do their job because that's how they make their living. Right. You know what I mean? Like, You cannot be too careful, but you cannot be too careless. It has to be this... This middle middle ground. Now, I want to give one example for me in right. my life before we move on with 
because you probably got a lot more in the second part because I have uh, less than one. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But for me, um, going to some storms are bigger for other people than it is for maybe yourself. So I have a plethora of events coming up. None of them are super serious, but in my head, it gets me like, I just want to get this over with. Right. So Friday, we're recording this on a Saturday. So yesterday, so this will be out tonight, so this will li literally be yesterday. <laughs> I went to the doctor. I went to the doctor for two reasons, because I've been having some lower back pain. I'm a young guy. I'm a young buck. I shoot hoops. I'm athletic. You know me. Fit. Fit I'm as can be. Fit as, <laughs> fit as can be. Bag, bud, whatever. Sure. Put it together. <laughs> but, um... So I was going, and I need to do my yearly blood work and, and checkups. It's smart to do. They say you should do it. And with my epilepsy and a few other things, they just want to check my levels. So I go in. I was a little annoyed that my main doctor who I've had there just wasn't there for whatever reason. COVID, doctors probably displaced different places. So, but anyways, so they lightly check out my back. They don't even really look at it. They just ask me some questions. And then they're like, okay, we're going to give you a shot. They give me a shot. Still hurts a little bit. I'm a little annoyed, but that's okay. But that's one visit. He gives me paperwork for to go to um, to go. I forgot, I'm already forgetting the place, but to to get my blood work done, it was something court lab court. Lab court, court yeah. yeah. I was about to say blood court. That wouldn't. Yeah, no, yeah, maybe one day. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but to go to lab court. So now that's two visits, and then um, he gave me paperwork to get X-ray on my lower back. So even though I felt like he did, the guy didn't really do anything. At least he's doing and having me get an X-ray. So at least that's something. But. Now that means when those are both done, I have to call them to book my other health appointment. So that's four visits, right? Right. One was Friday. The one I'm doing Monday is just a walk and I'm going to go right after work. The other one I'm not going to have time to do Monday because it closes at the same time. So I have to go Tuesday right after work. And then um, then I have to book this appointment for the blood work. That's three every, plus the Friday. That's four. But because I've been having lower back pain... You know, you know, whenever you have like pain in your arm or anywhere, you always look in the mirror a lot, right? You're like, <laughs> I don't know why it makes sense. True, yeah. As if like you're the doctor, like, man, this just hurts. And you're trying to look at it in the mirror. <laughs> so I'm looking at my lower back. And like a year and a half ago, I went to my dermatologist. Shout out West Dermatology, Rancho Mirage. Doing they're me right. Listening, yeah. yeah, they're doing me. I hope they are doing me right. And um, uh, Diana Garza, code word pizza. When I see you at our <laughs> appointment, pizza, I'll know if you're listening. But, so I had like this light skin discoloration like, I don't know, a year and a half ago. They didn't go serious, but they basically, funny story, they're like, okay, we'll take a sample, send it, but we don't think it's serious at all. So they numb up like part of my, my lower chest and they're just cutting like a piece off and I don't feel anything because it's numb. Eventually I look down and her hand is cut with just a little piece of my skin and I look in and it's like, not to gross people out, but like when you dig deep enough in your skin, it's like a little white, like... yeah pus or whatever and she and then i'm like oh she's like are you gonna faint i'm like no i just i probably looked at the wrong time i should have looked either the whole time or not at all right. and then she like they put something on it and then they like bandage it up and say take it off in a few hours or whatever you know everything came back fine nothing they said any anything serious it could have been it wasn't and we almost certain it wasn't we just wanted to make sure right. well because i've been staring at my lower back for the last like three weeks i'm like man it just seems like it's it's, it's just still there. So then I called in, or I, I went online, and I'm booking an appointment. They're going to call me Monday. That's five. But then Monday, right after work, my sixth visit, not health-related, but taxes. Oh. And I'm trying to get this done as soon as 
possible, right? It, all these things. I could say, you know, I'll just do the one. I'll just do the x-ray. I'll do my blood work later. Let's just worry about that. I could get my skin checked out later. Let's just work with the... No, because part of me is like, I don't want to have to get one thing done and then whether it's good or bad, then move on. So I just want to couple it. So like the next two weeks, you know, hopefully all these appointments will be completely done in the next two weeks. But to me, that's a storm. It just plays with my head. It's just like, to someone else, like, oh, I've been there. I've had those same issues as you. And they might know in their head, it's fine. It's nothing. And I hope it is. But at the same time, you don't know what someone's going through. And to them, that might be a big deal. Right. And my encouragement might be, hey, to love on them, to pray for them. To be, if they talk to you about it, be there for them. But to let them know, hey, just make sure you don't let this get to your head too much. Right. But at the same time, do everything you can do in your hands possible. Hey, look, I called all the right places. I, I've done all that. I've called, I called my doctors. I, I've, you know, did, I set up the appointments and I'm just trying to be smart. But beyond that, I'm not going to like WebMD it and, <laughs> and find out that I died five years ago. Because right. anytime you WebMD anything, they make it look like you're dead in 10 different ways. You got this rare disease yeah. with, you know, 1% survival Because you don't then. know what you're looking up. <laughs> and even when you think you, you know, so don't let these storms, some of these storms, don't let them overtake you right. mentally, spiritually. Even physically, oh, I can't lose weight. There's no point. So you just gorge and you just do whatever you want. But also don't be too careless. Either just like, ah, oh, whatever, you know. They have to have that godly middle ground that says, hey, look, God, I've done what I felt like I can do. If there's anything else I can do in my own hands, please show me. Send some of my way to show me so I can help get out of this storm. But also, God, don't let me be too careless. Right. Don't let it get to my head, but don't let me be too careless either. Right. And that kind of brings us to the second point, the second step, which kind of addresses the, well, now that I'm in the storm, I know I'm in the storm, I've assessed the storm, how do I get out of it? Well, that's the second step, and it's simply to focus on Jesus, to to stay following him and focused on him and allow him to do as much work as he can do in that situation. Um a couple stories from scripture came to my head. Let me guess. Uh, walking on water? Yes. Hey! That's one of them. Uh, that, the second People, one I them. did not know. I did not <laughs> see his notes. I promise you. First time we saw each other all day was like right before this started. That's true. He, that's a good guess. Um, and I'll explain why that was a good guess when I get there. Um, but the first story that came to my mind was when Jesus was in the boat with his disciples and the storm comes. And the disciples are freaking out. The boat's getting flooded with water. They're trying to keep the ship afloat. And they look, and Jesus is asleep at the stern of the boat, right? Just in the middle of this crazy storm. And uh, I'll go and read it. They go up to him. They wake him up, and they say, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he got up and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Hush, be still. And the wind died down, and it became perfectly calm. And he said to them, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? They became afraid and said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? And I love this story because the fact that Jesus was asleep in the midst of this crazy storm, I think speaks so much to, you know, what we as Christians need to be doing. And and the, the scripture doesn't really say, but I assume that the reason Jesus was asleep is because you know, he knew that this storm was not greater than he was, right? He knew that he was in control of the storm. And more importantly, he knew that his life would not end on this boat. He knew that he had more to do 
and he was confident that this storm would not claim him. But the disciples lacked that same faith. And Jesus says, you still have no faith. And I think as, as Christians today, we need to not be like these disciples. We need to be able to look to Jesus and say, hey, Jesus isn't sweating this. He's asleep. Maybe I can, you know, take a little bit easier or, or you know, follow Jesus' lead and, and look to him to guide us. Because if things do get out of hand, guess what? Jesus is the Lord over the seas, right? He can command the seas and the winds and whatever problems you're facing. Now, that's not to say that you'll wake up tomorrow and everything will be okay. But as long as we're following Jesus and we're committed to him, we can get through these storms, right? No matter what they are, no matter what scenario we're in or, or how big or little it is, we need to be focused on Jesus because he's the one that can command the seas. We can't. We can't do anything but sit in the boat and just yeah. hope for the best, you know, but he's the one that has the power. I like what it says when when it said, but he was in the stern asleep, asleep on a pillow. Mm-hmm. Um, Jesus' true humanity is shown by his uh, brief sleep on the boat. He became weary and sometimes caught a bit of sleep wherever he could. But think of all the worries that might have kept Jesus awake. Mm. He could worry about the religious and political leaders who plotted against him. He could worry about his family who thought he was crazy. He could worry about the overwhelming crowds with their overwhelming needs. He could worry about the disciples he chose. He could worry about the future because he knew what his destiny was. Mm. With all these things to worry about, Jesus wasn't worried. He slept in a rocking boat. The other thing it says is, The Lord's sleep was not only the sleep of weariness or tiredness, it was also the rest of faith. For there is a rest of faith as well as a watch of faith. Mm, I like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Indeed. And the the second story that came to my mind, as Mark guessed, was Peter walking on the water. And I remember, I don't know who said this, but I remember somebody once said that, any scripture, I mean, any sermon, you can use Peter walking on the water as an illustration for. And I have yet to hear a sermon where that's not true, where Peter walking on the water doesn't fit in somehow. Um, but it fits perfectly for this for this uh, topic. Pick. What? It won't fit in that. Oh, and pick? Yeah. I'm sure we could figure something out. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I haven't heard a sermon yet, and I don't think I ever will. You can use that illustration in any one. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and Peter walking on the water, which is exactly what we're talking about, right? Jesus is coming to the, to the boat with the disciples in the midst of a storm, and he calls out to Peter and says, Hey, Peter, walk on the water, come to me. And Peter, in faith, steps out and walks on the water towards Jesus. But the moment Peter's focus turns away from Jesus onto the waves and the, the clouds, he starts to sink. And thankfully, as with Peter and as for us, Jesus reaches down, grabs his hand, pulls him back up, and they go to the boat. And this is basically word for word what we're talking about is that, you know, in a less physical manner, as long as we're focused on Jesus, we can walk in the midst of the storm. We can walk on the water, on the waves, and in the wind and get through that storm. But if we're focused on something else, if we're focused on how terrible everything is or as Mark, you mentioned, if we let it get to our head and we come too overwhelmed with it, we could start to sink and get lost in the tribulation of everything going on. And it just goes to show that the most important thing we can do, not just in the hard times, but period, the most important thing we can do in our lives is stay focused on Jesus Christ 
and continue to follow him and his word and what the Bible says and stay on that walk because the moment we lose focus on that, we start to sink, right? Yeah. And, you know, especially when we're in those hard times, if we want to get through the storm, right, You we spend all you know days and days, and, okay, I finally understand that I'm in the storm. I know what the problems are. I know, you know, I, I understand everything there is about the storm. Now I just need to get through it. Well, the way through it is to stay focused on Jesus Christ because if we lose that, then we're, you know, we're at the mercy of the ways. We will, maybe we'll get through. Maybe we'll sink. We don't know. But with Jesus there, he can just calm the storm. He could get us through it, you know, any number of things. But he's going to be our best bet to get through those those storms in life. Yeah, one thing uh, I wanted to mention about that, when it went on in that verse, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and, and beginning to sink. It's like you said, keep your eyes on Jesus. This is totally like a, a perfect picture of that, right. of walking in faith. Peter, when he went to, when he, right before that, he said, Lord, if it is you, let me walk on the water. You know, Peter was showing, Peter was showing that Peter was able to do the miraculous as long as he looked to Jesus. Hmm. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was troubled by fear and began to sink. When you keep your eyes on Jesus, doesn't mean it will necessarily be easy. Because right. let's be real, walking on water. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, even in a, even in calm waters would not be easy. <laughs> no, no. But he didn't sink during that time. He sunk when his eyes fell off the map. Right. You know, P- Peter walked on the water but feared the wind. Such is human nature, often achieving great things. That was, that's If I see someone walking on water and there's no <laughs> rocks under the water that I can't see, you know, that's a great thing. But yet... What what's are you gonna die from the wind or could you die from drowning? You're most likely gonna die from drowning than you are the wind. Yet right. he feared something that was of a little fault. It was a little thing, the wind. And he fell into something that could It's far worse. Far worse. Because he kept his eyes off the prize. You know, how many of us get fearful of one little thing and then it leads us down even deeper into that storm? Right. We see one little thing and it makes it worse. How many people are creating a storm right now because their excuse for not going to church, like, yeah, they're healthy. They can go to church. It's not a legitimate COVID thing. But there are people who are using COVID as an excuse to not go to church. There are statistics, and I don't know them exactly. My dad was sharing with me. There are people statistically that will not, after COVID is, is done with, if it ever ends, that will not go back to your church. Not because they switch churches. They just won't go to church anymore at all. And they're using right. this time right now as an excuse to stay in their storm per se. And the other thing is, um, I wanted to mention this also, but when he did fall into the water, what happened? Beginning to sink, he cried out saying, Lord, save me. Hmm. You see, even when Peter failed, he took the step of faith. Why on earth would you say, Lord, if it's you, let me walk on water? He took an amazing step of faith there. You know, because if it's not, you fall in and all this is going on, you could be screwed, right? <laughs> if it is him, now you're going to be freaking scared because, holy you know, crap, I'm walking on water here. Yeah. <laughs> so, But then he's doing it. He gets fearful of the wind. He falls in. And right away, who does he look to to save him even though he just made a mistake? That was on him who did that. Right. And he cries out to who? He says, Lord, save me. Even when Peter failed, Jesus was there to save him. Peter knew who to call out to at the moment of crisis. Jesus then brought Peter back 
to the boat. You see, my question to you is in your storm, do you know who to call out to? Mm. Even if you did it yourself. This is a good example of, of both examples I gave earlier in the one. So the storm, the winds, the, the disciples, th that wasn't on them. They didn't create that. Right. They weren't in a swimming pool with a bunch of kids who <laughs> jumped up and down. Let's make a wave pool. Or they tell their, their Uncle Monkey to do it. So that I make this big wave pool for like a workout that's worth like five years of my life. Probably, yeah. Just for like a minute and a half of, <laughs> of these waves going up and down. They didn't create the winds and, and, the, and the crazy waves in that storm. They, they didn't create any of that. Peter didn't create that. So that, that was out of their control. But then he walks on water. He gets fearful of what's happening. He sinks. Mm. Well, his fear, he, he created that. He chose that. Right. So then now you got, the, you got you know, something they didn't create or something Peter didn't create, then something Peter did create. And guess what? In both those situations together, he still cried out to God. So whether it's a situation, a storm that you didn't create, some health issue, something you know, you're, you're going through with friends or family, depression, suicidal thoughts, <clears throat> maybe you're just going through a rough time in college or you're going through a rough time. I, I, many stories I hear of people who are older, they're just rough time retiring. They don't want to retire or they want to retire, but they don't have the money to retire. Right. And you're going through these things that might sometimes might be out of your control. But then you got the ones that I smoked cigarettes like a pack or two a day for 20 years. And now I'm going through this. You might have created, but it's not too late. In either situation, it's not too late. Whether you created this storm or it was it was outside of your control, unattended consequences by other people, or maybe it's a combination. If you cry out to Jesus, you cry out to God, you cry out to the Lord, you ask the Holy Spirit to, to help you, guide you, and then on an earthly level, who are you going to call? Do you have someone you can call when you're in that storm? Do you have someone there? Because we think, yeah, but Peter just called out to the Lord. He's called out to the Lord. Yeah, but in that story, who was literally there? Right. Jesus, he literally was there. And I'm not saying Jesus isn't here what this he is, but it's it's funny because he had Jesus there. He was calling out literally to someone right there. Yeah. Are you going to make a call to someone? Do you have, you know, a call you can make to someone? Like for me, I have two I have a I have two community groups uh, of um uh group chats. I don't know why I couldn't think of that word. That I'm in one with the three other guys, one with like five other guys. Um, one kind of in our church, one not in our church. And we talk about various things, not just our struggles. But it's a community. So when someone says, hey, I'm really going to this, hey, we're praying, blah, blah, blah. Do you have a community that will be there for you? And not only just be there for you, because you can have worldly friends that will be there for you, but they'll just say, I'll be there for you. I'll take you out to you. Hey, and that's great. But do you have people who will pray for you? Do you have Christians that will know, hey, I know what you're going through, or maybe I don't, but I know what the Bible says. I know how I can help you along, or I know who can maybe help you. Because the world will say, oh, you're having a tough day? Here, let me go buy you a drink. Right. You know, whereas we would say, hey, you're going through something? Well, I'll be praying for you. I really mean it. Can I pray for you right now? If you need anything, let me know. Blah, blah, blah. I heard this story of, the, of this group of men and um, young adults, and they went to this conference. And at this conference, they learned about purity. And crazy enough, this is going to sound crazy. It was a Christian conference in there. It was, it was a men's breakout. They had like women's, men's breakouts. And this men's breakout was about purity. And the speaker came up, and it was a woman. 
And they're like, okay. <laughs> and she said, uh, she's like, if I can get to you guys first about purity, then you won't have to have these issues when you get married later, mm-hmm. right? But she, she told him you got to be strong. The big thing she said was with God and a, have a strong, close community group. And in the beginning, it might be very nerve-wracking. It might be, you know, scary at first. But you do it, and after a while, it'll be something you long for even more. Well, a year later, she goes back, and she's having lunch with some people at, at the same conference. And these group of guys came to her, these college guys. And they came to her and said, you spoke to us last year. And we created a community group, a strong one amongst us as friends. We were friends, but we never actually had a group. We made this pact that whenever someone, whenever one of us looked at pornography or had sex or something, self-gratification, we immediately texted the group. And that group, all the remaining guys in the group for the next two days, they fasted for me or whoever it was that messed up. Right. So then every time you thought you were tempted to mess up, you had, they said they felt this conviction to one, I know I'm going to have to text my brothers because if I don't, I'm going to start lying and it's going to make me go down uh, even harder. And then two, by me by me admitting it, you say, okay, I feel better now, but now they're going to have to fast for two days. Not saying that's a bad thing, but you're putting them through that. Like what if someone's messing up almost every day? You know what I mean? And they did this and they said that even though they still mess up here and there, it's gone down like nuts because God has radically moved in them. Why? Because of that community. Because right. they said, hey, you're in the storm. Here, we're going to go in the storm with you. And until you're ready to pull yourself out or to have us help you get pulled out, it's going to get harder. But when you're ready, we'll help pull you out. You know, We'll be there with you. Through Jesus, we'll be there with you. Do you have that community like Peter did? He literally called out to Jesus who was right, right. there. Do you have someone there on top of prayer? On top of reading your Bible, top of talking to your pastor, do you have a group of people you can talk to every day? Because the pastor has the whole congregation he talks to. Right. And you should talk to him, for sure. But do you have a group that doesn't mind you talking to them, if, even if it's three times a week, and knowing that you're willing to talk them, have them talk to you if they need to share something three, four times a week? Right. And two thoughts I want to add. One, on the topic of community... I, I've heard this many times before about how Christians should have community and you have the person above you as a mentor, um, whether that's maybe your pastor or, or somebody else who doesn't necessarily have to be older than you, but somebody who has maybe walked in the faith longer or who is more... Farther aware, along in yeah, your Yeah, farther along. Yeah. Who can be above you to help mentor you and, and teach you to have people on the same level as you who are at the same position in life in their walk in faith, like that community group. And then have somebody beneath you who you can disciple because often, you know, teaching somebody else can be a great way to learn things ourselves. And Oh, it's great. You know, and, and so I, I don't remember where I first heard that, but I hear it a lot. Like the having somebody above people with you and somebody beneath you as like a balance for all Christians. Um, just want to add that. But the other thing that came to my mind, though, thinking back to the story of Jesus in the boat with the disciples is afterwards he... He questions their faith and says, how come you still don't have the faith? And then they say, who is this guy who can command the seas? And I think speaking to this idea is that, you know, Peter had to know Jesus well enough to say, if this is him, he will let me walk on the water. But before, the disciples said, we don't know who this guy is. We don't know that he can command the seas in that sense. And despite having spent so much time with Jesus, they still had points where they were surprised by what he was doing or doubted what he could do. 
And my point is that, you know, adding to everything we've said is that in order to trust Jesus, we have to first know who he is to get to that trust, you know? And so part of that is just spending time in the Word, spending time in church, building up that faith so that when we do need to call out, we can actually do it. You know what I mean? Because we're not even going to step out of the boat if we don't really know who Jesus is, how let alone you, call out to him. How can you craft you know? the calmer of the storm if you don't know who the calmer is? Exactly, that's my point. And so, yeah, I, I think that, you know, and, and part of that can come from community. If you're trying to learn or trying to grow, it can help to have somebody who can maybe keep you accountable to read your Bible or somebody who can answer questions or whatever. You know, that can help. But a lot of it's just a personal journey to get to that point where if Jesus says, hey, step out of that boat, you can do that. If he says, hey, I need you to wait for a little while, even though there's a storm, even though things are tough, just wait for a little while. Whatever it is that you feel like you have to do to get through that, it's a lot easier if we know who we're following than just, you know, well, I'll just see what happens and maybe I'll do what Jesus wants, maybe I won't. You know what I mean? Like it, You have to first know him and then you can trust him. And then call out to him if you need to. Yeah. That's why it's important to get in a pick group. <laughs> pick group. Pizza got, community group. We got Pat in there or something. <laughs> get that going. Pat on that? There you go. Pat Pat on the pick. <laughs> oh, Pat on the pick. Pop pee. <laughs> there we go. We're getting somewhere with it. Yes. Um, yeah, any closing thoughts, Mark, before we wrap up here? I, pop pee is my uh, closing <laughs> thought. No, I to get a pick group. That's yeah, the pick, pick group. Um, that's going to be the next social media trend. <laughs> no, um, just say if you're in the storm, whether you created it or someone else did, uh, whether it was in your control or out of your control, look to Jesus right. and then find a community of people around you. And they might ask you hard questions. It might be tough. Some of them, if it's not your fault, like it's a health issue, they should be praying for you. I've heard of many stories of women who've struggled with pornography and and, and sex and lust and their pastors just laugh at them like girls don't deal with that stuff if you're in a community that judges you you know for some maybe it's like you have a you have a you're a guy but you deal with the problem that's mostly associated with women or a woman problem or you're a woman that has a problem with something associated mostly with men and your group just laughs you says no that that's not get out of there you right. know find a community that will maybe they won't understand everything but they're willing to understand they're willing to listen and they're willing to read the bible pray for you and and walk beside you in the storm and to help you get out whatever way God wants to, you to get out of that in his timing and in his ways. Yeah. Uh, my last few thoughts here is just one to recap. Step one, you have to acknowledge you're in the storm, evaluate what the storm is, what the problems are, and then you have to focus and follow Jesus. Um, and one thing I want to mention, I think it was not last episode, but two episodes ago, we talked about praying for people and, and, you know, when saying you'll pray for somebody isn't enough, I encourage you, if you haven't already listened to that, to go listen to that because I think it's a good, you know, summary of how to handle being that, the person on the other side, helping somebody, right, and how to effectively help people beyond just saying, oh yeah, I'll pray for you and then going on, you know, because um, I think that kind of plays into what we're talking about in terms of that community and trying to help people. So I encourage you to go listen to that. Um, but yeah, so just, Acknowledge you're in the storm and follow Jesus. Um, obviously, there's more details than just that, but I think that's a good um, overview and summary of, of you know what to do. And uh, follow us on Instagram. Send us an email, brokennessfaithgmail.com. Uh, if you have any questions, complaints, concerns, comments, whatever, uh, we'll listen. 
and we'll respond. We we might respond. <laughs> we might respond. Um, yeah, thank you for joining us. Uh, uh, also, really quick before we end, this is very important. Um, pick ministry, patent pending. <laughs> patent pending. There you go. Uh, all right, we'll see you guys in the next one. Deuces, but seriously, patent pending. Oh, the pain we feel inside The world we